We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday, it's November 28th, it's 2022. We have 10 NBA games to talk about here on today's podcast. Eight teams on back-to-backs. Oh, it makes me, it gives me gray hair. If you're watching live on YouTube right now, you see my gray hairs in my beard. Those are like two hours old from when I started looking at this NBA slate, so... Joined today by my good buddy, Eyes819, Keith Eister. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Not too much. Excited to talk some NBA because NFL Sunday was not a good experience for me. Uh, zero shares of Josh Jacobs. Uh, underweight on Garrett Wilson. The uh, James Robinson inactive news broke this morning, and I jammed in all the Michael Carter. He got injured halfway through the game. Um, I thought Jeff Wilson was an absolute smash today. He got injured, left the game for a while as well. So not a good NFL Sunday for me. Uh, ready to make some of that back here on this NBA slate. The, I mean, one of the, one of the things that I um, got right is <laughs> one of the things that I got right was I accidentally picked Jacksonville to be Baltimore um in a in a pool that i'm in and i was the only person um the only person to do that out of gosh i don't even remember how many like people i think it's like 27 of us that have been doing this for years um it's crazy right like i accidentally picked jacksonville to beat baltimore in a florida group of men and women that do picks and i was the only one um and i'm still gonna lose this week so um it's always great, right? Like that that's always um fantastic. So yes, ready to talk <laughs> ready to talk some <laughs> some hoops. Um that's for sure because like yeah, like you NFL had a lot of good things but missed a couple things. I was telling you I had I think I had 20 20% Jacobs and none of those teams did well even with his monster day. Um what a run to end the game. I had a, a yeah. little mini sweat going and I needed Metcalf and, and uh, Gino and like this dude breaks a long one. So I was like, <laughs> all right, 
all right, I see you. So, but yeah, ready, ready for some NBA, ready to get back on track here. Um, small slate on Tuesday, a lot of back-to-backs here on Monday. First look podcast, make sure you're paying attention to news throughout the day, especially today. Like, don't go building teams off of this podcast today. We're just going to give you some first looks here. We get started. Minnesota at Washington, both of these teams on a back-to-back, uh, 223 total. Kuzma didn't play Sunday. Um, I did. I looked and I looked and I looked and I couldn't see anything as far as Kuzma's, like, is he going to be in or out on Monday? Is it them being careful with the back injury? Um, yeah, I don't know. So, you know, him and Hachimura, we'll see if they're back or if they're not. Um, and on Minnesota side, we'll see if McDaniels plays or if we get any news on anybody else sitting on the back-to-back. Um, I'm going to say this a lot on this podcast. So, We'll start here with Minnesota side, Keith. What do you like here for the Timberwolves? Minnesota's always a tough team for me. I mean, they've got so many stars, and they all just, like, they're appropriately priced. Washington's not the best matchup either. They they play slow, and they've been better on defense this season. Um, I mean, you can always play Towns and Edwards for the ceiling, I think, but they're, like, the first game of the night, a ton of back-to-backs on the slate. I think we're going to be waiting on some news. Like, I don't think I'm going to be jamming in the first game of the night here. Russell at 6,200 can find a ceiling game. Gobert would probably be fine. Like, any of these Minnesota guys are just fine. But, but there's nothing that stands out here. Um, I don't particularly love the game environment. Um, if I had to pick one particular play from... Minnesota, probably Edwards, just because he's the one that seems to find a ceiling most often. Other than that, there's there's nothing too too exciting here on Minnesota. My problem with Edwards is he's still 8,100. Um, I'm with you. I think he is the guy that, like, he can have that night where he shoots, you know, 60% from the field and has a monster game. It's just he's 8,100. Russell's 6,200. I think I'd more likely end up on Russell. I like the Washington side of this game. It's a pace-up spot for Washington. This is a back-to-back for both of these teams. Defense would be a little bit sloppier here. So I like the Washington side of this game. So I think if I'm looking at the Minnesota side, if everyone plays and no one sits, probably looking at Russell. Um, and that's really it. I mean, I think everyone else is kind of priced where they should be. Towns at 9100 He'll have that game every once in a while. But, I mean, I don't think he's going to burn me most nights here. So, the Washington side is where it's interesting. Um, you know, Bradley Beal, that quad injury, are they going to play him on the second end of a back-to-back after coming back, you know, seven days ago and, you know, dealing with that quad injury? Are they going to sit him here? Is that why they sat Kuzma the first end of the back-to-back and back spasms issues? Like, that hasn't even been a thing for Kuzma all year. So, I this is going to be one of those things where are we going to see Beal? Are we going to see Porzingis? He's played a couple of back-to-backs this year, so I don't think it'd be a problem with him. But I, I think we see Kuzma play, Beal sit, and this Washington side becomes a lot more interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of agree, agree with your Beal take there. He's been in and out here over the past couple of weeks. Uh, they sat Kuzma in the first half of this. Kind of seems like Beal would sit here in Kuzma plays. Um, I don't know. Still tough though. Minnesota does play fast, like you mentioned. So interesting spot. I think you definitely need some guys out to want to target this just because 
of the pricing here. Um, if Beal is in, everybody's kind of just priced appropriately. Even with Kuzma out on Sunday, like I thought Porzingis was a pretty good play on Sunday. He did not have a great game. Um, tougher matchup against Boston. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not overly enthused about anything. Even the cheap guys like, like Avdia are priced up now 4,800. Um, Hachimura's missed a couple of games. I'm not overly enthused. And again, just the timing on a big slate here being one of the first games of the night. Like, I don't think I get to a ton of Washington here unless we get something like both Beal and Kuzma out. Then I'd have a lot of interest in Porzingis. Again, tried that Sunday with Kuzma out. Didn't have a big game, but maybe Beal out too helps, helps Porzingis a little more. Um, Obvious cheap enough. He's playing a ton of minutes. I think he he's in play, uh, but not jumping off the page and wouldn't necessarily want to lock up a ton of roster spots here early in the night. Weird game. I, I mean, the spot overall seems like it's beatable if some of these guys sit because it is a matchup spot. Morris becomes interesting. Casper becomes interesting if Beal sits. I mean, if Beal and Kuzma sit, obviously that opens up a lot. If everyone plays... I mean, might be just a spot where these guys are all priced where they should be, and we move on to the next one, which is Atlanta at Philadelphia. No total in this game, back-to-back for both teams. Um, I mean, Joel Embiid did not play Sunday. They said he could potentially return. I don't think they play him in this game. Um, I mean, they don't play again until Wednesday or Thursday, so this really would give him like an extra – three days of rest um Harden I don't expect him to play and I don't expect Maxi to play on the Atlanta side I think really the only guy that we're kind of watching here is Clint Capella um like dental pain um so I mean <laughs> what is going like, on with that <laughs> yeah I, I mean listen if you if he had teeth work done like in the morning or something it, like I don't know maybe he ate too much turkey I don't know um <laughs> let's go to the Atlanta side of this game first no total in this game, but I, I think the total will end up being pretty solid. Um, what are your thoughts here in Atlanta? Yeah, it's tough. Obviously, Capella matters. Um, and in Okungwu is the guy that you immediately think of, but he's had two chances now without Capella, and he hasn't really performed in either one of them. Over 30, or at least 33 minutes in each of the last two games, he's still really cheap. Like, you would think this guy would have smashed with 33 minutes of run in the last two games. And it just hasn't happened for him. So I don't know if Embiid is in there, there's no way I'm playing a Kung Wu, even at 4,300. If Capella is out, um, I don't know. Um, would have to take a, a longer look here. If Embiid is out because it theoretically should be a good matchup. Philadelphia loses a lot of size without Embiid, obviously uh, like you're going to get, Harrell and and Reed and guys like that at the five, Akungwu should be able to win that matchup. But I'm very concerned about his last two performances. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think this game and whether I'm targeting it depends on Embiid playing. If Embiid is in, I might just skip this game entirely. Um, if he's out, there's going to be some pieces I want to play on Philly. Uh, we just saw Milton smash on Sunday. They're, they've been playing a ton of minutes without. Harden and, and Maxi in there as well. So I will look harder at Atlanta exposure if Embiid is out again. Um, I don't love Trey Young and Murray at their prices playing together. If Embiid is there, maybe it's a more winnable match for them without Embiid. Uh, but overall, I'm just I'm not too excited about the game environment with Embiid. 
And without Embiid, Atlanta pricing is still tough. I would have a little bit more interest there, but nothing jumping out immediately. Trey Young, you play him for the ceiling. Okungwu for the price and the minutes he's been getting if Capella is out. John Collins has been awful this season. I don't think I can go there even at a ridiculously low 5,500. Um, it's it's tough. I, I Again, another early game. I, I might just skip it because of a, a big slate here. I mean, on, on the Atlanta side for me, Trey Young always looking at like player props for him. Um, you know, head on over to our sponsor Sleeper and maybe take his over on points. But like on the DFS side of things, like salary wise, like he's right where he should be. He's 10K. Like he will have those games he goes for 60, but most nights he's going to live in that like 45 to 55. This is a 10 game slate. It's not a four game slate. You know, we're not going to be looking as much at raw points. We're looking for, for ceiling. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite of you. If Capella sits, I actually do have some interest in John Collins. Um, we saw his rebound totals go up a lot against Miami with Philly with no Embiid, they've been rebounding a lot worse. Um, so John Collins, just some easy buckets off of easy rebounds. I think at 5,500, he'd, he'd be playable in this spot. A Kongwu like third times the charm. Maybe he's 4,300. It would really just be like what value opens up throughout the day. If we need him, if we end up here, he's a center so like there's so much ceiling at center most nights that it's really hard to you know have a a 6x or even a 5 or 6x like center you're really looking for more than that um from a cheaper center so philadelphia side i mean if Embiid sits we're right back to the well here on milton and melton um melton might be too expensive now at, at 8k um Milton at 6,500, I think, is would be the play. I think Milton is just too expensive. And, I mean, trying to figure out whether it's going to be Trez or Reed. I, I think Reed has the higher ceiling and the potential more minutes. So, if it beats it, it's, it's, it's Milton and Reed for me um, on the Philadelphia side. Mil- Milton and Reed, I think. He, Milton, that's what yep, you said. Not Milton. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, and I agree with that. Like you save the 1500, they've been basically the same play as long as Harden and Maxi have been out. They're both playing 35 plus minutes. Uh, Milton has been absolutely filling up the box score. Like he's getting assists and rebounds also in addition to scoring a ton. So he's a much safer play than Melton. I, I think Melton is still playable if Embiid is out, even at 8K. Um, it's a, a very uncomfortable price, and you need him to score probably 30 actual points. 25 at least um but he he's shown that ability here he's going to be out there for 35 ish minutes more than likely without Embiid. so it, definitely more of a tournament play milton would be maybe in the cash game conversation because his price hasn't hasn't risen as high um but yeah milton definitely safer i don't mind melton as a deep tournament play harris a guy that like he's just he's a safer play not a guy that ever shows off a ton of ceiling. Um, he's he's about priced appropriately now for him be, being out these last few games. Um, I like the Paul Reed call. I think he has more ceiling than Harrell. We saw that one smash game. Uh, I think it was the first game that Embiid missed, and then he was pretty good on, on Sunday again. So d- don't mind going back to Paul Reed. Uh, agreed that the two cheaper guys, Milton and Reed, would be the favorite plays. I would mix in a little bit of Melton 
if Embiid is in, everybody's too expensive, and I don't think I play anybody here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Milton, Milton, not Melton, could still be potentially playable with no Harden at his price if Embiid plays. I don't think Embiid hurts him as much as some of these other guys, but, I mean, I'm not playing Melton either way, so it doesn't really matter. But I think, like, if Shake Milton, if with Maxi, Maxi's out too, right? Like, he's still out. Yep. So with Maxi and Harden out, I, I think Milton is too. Gosh, these guys, their name. <laughs> um, I, I think he's still very playable regardless of who plays. Um, the rebound numbers probably go down, but maybe the assist numbers go up with Embiid on the floor. Um, I, I still think he'd still get his 12 to 15 shots even with Embiid playing. So he's in play regardless of me. Charlotte at Boston, 226 and a half total. Boston, 11 and a half point favorite, even on a back-to-back here. Um, on the Charlotte side, Ball, Hayward, Martin, and DSJ are outs. On the Boston side, I mean, Tatum has been dealing with this, like, ankle. Um, it's like a sprained ankle. He didn't play Sunday. I don't know if they necessarily need him to play in this game to win. So maybe they give him a couple extra days here, and he doesn't play again. Um Let's go to the Charlotte side first. No ball, no Hayward, no DSJ, no Cody Martin. We're getting thin. We're getting rotations that might be really small here for Charlotte. Rogier is 7,700. Uber is 6,700. PJ Washington, I don't know what to think of like his minutes. He got into foul trouble the other night, so maybe just kind of chalk that up as foul trouble, the, the 20 minutes against Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota is going to be tough for any big men this season with Cat and Gobert. What are your thoughts here when it comes to Charlotte? Yeah, I think you have to have some interest here. Um, if Tatum sits, if, if Tatum is in, this might be a bit of a blowout here. Um, but if, as long as Tatum sits, I have a lot of interest in the Charlotte side. Uh, Charlotte likes to pay, play fast, so they should speed up Boston a little bit, be a pretty good game environment. Uh, Rozier, I think at 7,700 is a, is a great play. Boston hasn't been as strong defensively this season. So I think we could see, a, a like Charlotte, keep it a little bit close if Tatum is out. So I have interest. Um, Ubre is always going to be boomer bust. I j- tournament play. If he gets hot shooting from three, he can put up a big score. He could also completely dud on you. Um, you nailed Washington. It was foul trouble is the only reason that he played 20 minutes. I think he's been comfortably over 30 for the majority of the season. So I wouldn't be scared off of PJ Washington. Um, should get a little bit more usage without Hayward, no LaMelo. Like there's, there's a lot of usage to go around here, um, with Hayward and LaMelo out, even DSJ. So I had interest here and Boston isn't as scary of a matchup as they have been, especially if Tatum sits. So. Definitely interested in the Charlotte side here. Rogier is is the top play. Ubre is an elite tournament play. I think you can mix mix in Washington and Plumlee as well. My question to you is someone like Theo Maldon, who, I mean, he probably doesn't come off the floor in a blowout, and he should have decent, like, I just don't see, like, I don't see him not playing 25 minutes in this game. Like, is he someone at 3,600 that needs to be in the conversation today? I think it depends on what type of news we get throughout the day. Um, If we don't have a ton of value, I could definitely see that being viable. 
but with 10 games, a lot of people on back-to-backs, I could see quite a bit of value opening up here, and then he wouldn't be very necessary. Um, but I like, I don't know I mean, if we. His value if is pretty. His value is potentially really strong, though. At thirty-six, even with value opening up, especially if Tatum doesn't play. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is. Um, I think there could be better value. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's in play. I don't I don't hate that call. I don't know. Like, it would just depend on on what's available. If we're still, if we don't have much news early in the day, maybe I could jam a bunch of it in, but I don't know. He, he'd be fine, but probably like a 10 to 15% play. Not, not like one of the elite values on the slate. I don't think. He's just interesting. I think because I mean, I don't see the minutes really being a thing like Kay Jones the other night. I think he just kind of benefited from like Washington getting the foul trouble. I don't think he's like a, a thing. Like that we need to like, oh, we need to play him because he had a really good game the other night. I think that's just he benefited from Washington getting in yeah. foul trouble and getting extra minutes. So um yeah, I mean the the same could be said with like Mark Williams. Like I don't think we go there, but I mean it also depends. Like you said, if Tatum sits, maybe the game stays potentially a little bit closer. Um let's talk about you know Boston the other side of this game, like Jalen Brown's going to put up 20 plus shots. We know that Um, with Tatum sits, I'm saying like if Tatum sits, Washington's going to have a bigger role. Smart's going to have a bigger role. Um, Does Horford play? I mean, we'll see, you know, I feel like he's someone they could be very careful with on the second end of a back-to-back in a game where they probably don't need him. So what are your thoughts here on Boston? If if Tatum sits, Brown is going to be one of the best plays on the slate. Uh, he was very popular on Sunday. He didn't explode or anything. He was fine. Um, but like his role without Tatum, there's just so much usage available. I think his usage rate is over like 32% without Tatum on the floor. Uh, like that's an elite number and a guy at 8,500. Like that's, that's usage of guys who are usually priced around like 10K. So if Tatum is out again, Brown is an absolutely elite play. The rest of the Boston guys are are tough. This is a, a better matchup than they had um, on Sunday. So I like them even more. Like they were chalk on Sunday. It was a smaller slate. They're in an even better spot here despite the back-to-back. I think guys like Grant Williams, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, even Derek White. Like if, if Tatum sits, like this Boston team is somebody I would have heavily target. Um all the guys in the 5k range Horford is interesting. If he pops up with a Q tag, I would pretty much assume that he's, he's sitting. Um, he did play earlier in the season on a back-to-back, but then I think he sat another one. Uh, but hit, with his age, Boston, obviously playoff bound. I think they would be careful with him. I don't see him playing in this one, which could potentially even open up more value. Uh, maybe you get a guy like, I don't know. Who who's who do they even have? Luke Cornett, maybe thirty four hundred. Like, there's going to be minutes available at the five. Grant, if if Horford is out, Grant Williams becomes a smash for me. I think he could play some five in that scenario, especially in this matchup against um, this team. He would be someone yeah. that I I would really really like here. Um, I mean, definitely an interesting game. Uh, Derek White. I was going to bring him up as well. You mentioned him. Um, he becomes very interesting if 
if Tatum doesn't play um, Brogdon. I just, I don't know like what we're looking at minutes wise with Brogdon. Like if he's only going to play lower twenties um, it's tough, but at 5,100, if he were to get like an extra few minutes in this game, um, obviously he would have way more upside. Um, so yeah, just kind of paying attention to this one in general. Uh, but to answer your question, like, Sam Hosser might get minutes if um, Horford's out. Like, he might be the guy. They might just go s- smaller. Charlotte has no problem, I don't think, going smaller in this game either. You know? So, if Horford's out, maybe you, you kind of stay away from Plumley or you play Plumley, hoping that the game goes small. I don't know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Cleveland at Toronto. 218 and a half total here. Toronto, one point favorite. Cleveland back to back. Toronto, Precious is out. Porter Jr. is out. Siakam, Barnes, and Banton are questionable. Um, I mean, I didn't see anything come out of the, the Cleveland game. We know that like Allen didn't play Sunday. Um, and like um, Mobley played like, I think it was like 40 minutes or something like that. What are your thoughts here on the Caps? This is a, a really tough game environment if there aren't a bunch of people out. Now, Cleveland sat Allen and Lavert on Sunday, and Love was out also, I believe. Love's been out a couple of couple of games. Um, Lavert too. Yeah. So if if Cleveland rests a bunch of guys, the other thing is on the on the Toronto side, Siakam has a chance to play. I think I read. Um, he's questionable. He's not he's questionable. Yeah. So or out. Man, Siakam back in would kind of just completely wreck this game. I don't love I don't love the game in the first place unless we get some guys sitting. I'd be really, really cautious about playing Mobley on a back-to-back coming off of 40 minutes. Like it just I don't think they're gonna sit him, but I don't think he's gonna play upper 30s minutes again, even if Allen misses. I, I just don't like this game environment at all. Um, it's already the guard situation is tough with Mitchell and Garland kind of eating into each other. They're still both around 9K. Tough matchup against Toronto. Like, I just don't like this game at all, really. Yeah, I mean, if if Stevenson and all these guys or Stevens and all these guys are out, Okoro is going to play 30 minutes at 3,200. He doesn't do much, but I mean, he's really, really cheap. This this slate already seems like it might turn into like a stars and scrubs type of slate with all the value that's potentially going to be out there. Uh, Dean Wade, if Kevin Love sits, probably plays over thirty minutes. If uh, Allen's out as well, 
So just kind of paying attention to this Cleveland news, paying attention to this game for news, because if everyone starts playing in this game, it's like, eh, but if, if like Siakam sits and like, all right, and then his Barnes in play, his Boucher in play. Um, so, I mean, the Toronto side, it's all going to be, is Siakam playing? Is Scotty Barnes playing? Um, because if these guys remain out, um, I mean, Boucher at 6,100 against a weak uh, front court here looks really juicy. Um, I, I mean, you're potentially looking at, I don't know if you're playing Gary Trent. You you know what you're getting from Van Vliet and OG. They're going to play 40 minutes. Um, they don't have a ton of usage. They don't do a ton. Like, they'll have games. But I don't know. If everyone starts playing in this game, I'm kind of out on this game. I don't love this game. But if we have a lot of injuries in this game, it obviously is going to open up some, you know, some roles that, oh, well, maybe I should be looking at this game. Yeah, I mean, if – one of Barnes or Siakam are in. I, I don't think this is a spot to play anybody here on Toronto. Boucher's price at 6,100. Like, I know he's been playing really well here recently, but if Mobley's on the other side at least, and potentially Mobley and Allen, it's a it's a really tough matchup. Um, I think Van Vliet at 7,700 would be my favorite without Barnes and Siakam. If one of those guys is in, I'd probably skip this game altogether. Orlando at Brooklyn, 220 total. Brooklyn, a 10.5-point favorite. Both of these teams on the second end of a back-to-back. Even with that, Brooklyn is such a big favorite. On the Orlando side of things, I mean, Wendell Carter Jr. did not play again on Sunday. Um, You know, Suggs is banged up. He didn't play on Sunday. Mo Bamba's banged up. Fultz is banged up. Anthony is banged up. Um, Mo Bamba got hurt during the game on Sunday. Like, I think the announcers were saying it was back spasms. Um, So, I don't know. Um, Orlando is probably the hardest team that we're going to try to break down here night before on this podcast because there are so many question marks here yeah there are a lot of question marks but i do have interest in orlando um oh, I particularly mean, they might only have like eight guys <laughs> oh yeah i like and brooklyn is a, a very targetable team they're they've been rough on the defensive end so uh paulo is the one that stands out to me um 8300 just coming back from injury he's he's been over 30 minutes in each of his first two games back so like it's a it's a big price tag and he has kind of struggled in his return, but this is a guy that was absolutely smashing at the beginning of the season. I, I don't mind taking a shot on Paulo in this matchup. Um, Bull Bull struggled on Sunday. Franz struggled on Sunday. Their prices are elevated. So I think you definitely need uh, Wendell Carter out to consider those guys, but they would both be in play. If Carter misses again, Suggs being out would, would increase the ball handling role of both Paulo and Franz. Um, so Carter and Saw really the two I'm keeping, uh, keeping my eye on. I know it was a, a tough game for them on Sunday. Neither one of them really had, had big games, but I could see them both going, going nuts in the spot here against Brooklyn. So, um, if Wendell Carter's out again, Paolo and Franz in particular, I would have a ton of interest in. If Wendell Carter sits, Mo Bamba sits. 
Maurice Wagner is 4,400. He came back a couple games ago. Played 26 minutes against Philly um, when Mo Bamba left the game on Sunday. Just someone to kind of note because this is a guy yeah. that can really stack up rebounds and assists um, and get easy buckets as well. So just throwing that name out there. Um, That's I a don't great know, call. Like, and I believe yeah. – I'm checking now. I believe Brooklyn is still the worst. Yeah, uh, their rebounding percentage is the absolute worst in the league. So this is a phenomenal rebounding spot for – for any Orlando big men that are in there. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if I get to like RJ Hampton or Gary Harris or anybody like that, but I just wanted to throw that name out there. Um, play the brothers. There you go. I like it. Yeah. Pretty sure like they are actual brothers, right? Yep. Not crazy. I'm pretty sure. I believe so. Yep. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I'm the magic fan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, on the the Brooklyn the Brooklyn side of this game, I mean, I keep kind of hammering this home with everyone healthy. Durant's going to have those games where he's going to have big games, but I mean, they're just so expensive. Like Ben Simmons is really the only guy that I have any interest here in Brooklyn. Maybe Claxton, if all these guys sit. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you there. This is a, a great matchup. Orlando's terrible on the defensive end, but Durant is too expensive. With Simmons playing so well, with Kyrie back, he's just not going to hit his ceiling as often as we're used to when he had done everything for this team. Eleven um, one is a big price tag. There are other studs I would much rather pay up for. Potential blowout for Brooklyn here. I don't think I want to take on that risk with Durant. I, I generally prefer playing Durant over Kyrie, but saving almost $3,000 to play Kyrie, I would much rather take the shots on Kyrie hitting a ceiling. I, he's still not even one of my favorite plays here. I think you nailed it with Simmons. He's he's priced up now to where he should be, um, but we're working on like six games straight of Ben Simmons being legitimately good um, after looking awful to begin the season. The, the rebounds and this are there. Um, he did take a, st- a step back last game in his shots. He only took three shots, but he had been in that like 10 to 13 range the, the previous like five games. So if Simmons is going to put 12 to 15 points in along with his eight-ish rebounds and assists, like he's absolutely in play. Um, he's going to accumulate some steals and blocks as well. So Simmons at 7,100 is is the preferred play here. I like the Claxton call, especially if uh, Carter is out and they're short on big men. We assume Bamba's going to be out as well. Could be a good spot for Claxton. I want to play this game. Should be a, a pretty good game environment. A lot of points scored. If if Durant struggles a little bit, some of these other guys could definitely pick up the slack. Uh, Simmons, Claxton would be my two favorites. You know Royce O'Neal is going to be out there for the minutes as well. Wouldn't hate a, a tournament shot on him. The only other person I'm going to throw out there is just because he's been chucking um, is Seth Curry. Um, over nine shot attempts in four straight games. Played at least 24 minutes in all four games. Um, he's chucking right now. He's shooting the ball well. Um, over 40% in, in four straight games. So just throwing it out there. He's 4,100. Probably doesn't come off the floor early if this game's not close. So there you go, Seth Curry. 
All right, OKC at New Orleans, 232.5 total in this game. New Orleans, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Hey, no back-to-back here. Um, <laughs> it, it feels like it's been a while. We haven't, we haven't got to say that a lot. Um, <laughs> looking at the injury news here on the Thunder side, home green is out on the New Orleans side. Ingram is doubtful. McCollum, as of right now, is out. Little is out, and Nance is questionable. Um, let's go to the Thunder side first here. Uh, what are your thoughts here on OKC? This is one of my favorite games on the slate. Um, I think that the OKC side is pretty easy. SGA has been doing absolutely everything. Um, 10, five is a, a big price tag, but he has proven to be in that elite tier. Um, just as a basketball player in general, he's, he's taken another step forward. He's looking like an all-star this season. Uh, and as a fantasy player as well, he has accessed that ceiling extremely often this season because there's really no one else on this team that can do much outside of like Giddy. Dort can do a little bit, but SGA is a phenomenal play. Um, the the injuries on the New Orleans side open up their salaries a little bit. So I want to play a lot of the New Orleans side. SGA is a super easy run back. I think you can include Giddy in that conversation as well. Another guy that can just fill up the stat sheet. Uh, he's appropriately priced at 7K, but this is a game environment I want to target. I'm going to have a lot of exposure to the North, uh, the New Orleans side. So SGA and Giddy will be heavily involved in my, my script. Um, the OKC rotation outside of those two guys is really difficult. Uh, Dort will be out there for the minutes. Has struggled as a as a fantasy producer, so not terribly interested. And then anyone else, their minutes are so volatile. I don't see myself targeting anybody else here from OKC, but I love SGA and I have interest in Giddy. Yeah, um, man, SGA is. It just seems like every night he is in play. I like the Giddy call, especially with no Ingram. Um, I think that is an excellent call. Going to the New Orleans side of this game, I mean, if there was ever a time for Zion to get a few extra yeah. minutes and have a monster game, um, I mean, if this game stays remotely close, he should crush here. Uh, Trey Murphy is someone at 4,600. Like, we talked about a lot of value on this slate, but this spot obviously offers a ton of value. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like a really juicy spot, and – I mean, I'm going to be overweight on a lot of these guys. Um, I'm not too concerned about the Devontae Graham minutes from the other night. They were getting blown out from Memphis. He didn't get, like, his final rotation in that game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, him at 3,600 is someone that I think I'll be overweight on as well. As well. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this spot for New Orleans. Brandon Ingram, doubtful. Probably not going to put CJ McCollum out. COVID protocols. Uh, that leaves a ton of usage available. Zion is a, has been a, a massive guy in the past. The the minutes have been inconsistent. They've been conservative with him. Like this seems like a spot where if he gets 34, 35 minutes, he should absolutely smash. Um, like he he should have as much usage as he can handle. Oklahoma City has been awful against big men. Like this is an absolute Zion smash spot. And he he's underpriced too, even for his normal role. He's only seventy nine hundred. We've seen him upper eight Ks really often, and he's been really playable at that price. So it's seventy nine hundred. 
in this matchup. Absolutely love Zion. Um, I don't even mind Valanchunas. I won't play as much probably just because they've had a propensity to take him off the court a little bit too much. Um, but he's cheap enough. He's mashing this matchup. I mentioned Oklahoma City struggles against bigs. And then the point guard spot I'm really interested in as well. They've been reluctant to play Alvarado over 30, 30 minutes in this spot. So Alvarado probably grabs a start from McCollum again. But you mentioned the guy that I have more interest in, Devontae Graham at just 3,600. Like he's probably going to play off the bench, but if he can get upper 20s minutes here in this spot, I, I love that price tag for Graham. I, I could definitely see him smashing that. Um, and then the 4K guys in Herb Jones and Trey Murphy, I have interest in as well. I think New Orleans will be probably my highest exposure on the slate. All right, we got Houston at Denver. 229 total here. Denver, a 11.5 point favorite. Houston side, Tate is out. Denver side, Green and um, Gillespie is out. And then Highland is questionable. And Michael Porter Jr. is doubtful. Um, starting here with Houston, I mean, they're healthy. Um, tough matchup against Denver. What are your thoughts here on Houston? Yeah, tough matchup against Denver is right. I mean, Jalen Green, KPJ can can put up a ceiling in any spot, but this is a, a really tough spot. Um, we just saw Jalen Green go nuts. His price tag has come up. Kevin Porter Jr. is really expensive as well. So in this matchup, I'm not really loving either of those guys. Um, Shangun, another guy that just went berserk in the last game. He's up to 6,900 now. But the minutes are starting to save like 35 minutes, I think, was just because he was playing so well. But even before that, uh, he had been like in that 28 to 30 minute range. And he's always been a huge per minute producer. Just a tough matchup here. So I want to play some some Denver guys. Um, Jokic is pricey and has had trouble accessing the ceiling. But like this matchup against Houston is is fantasy gold. So. Great spot for Denver. I really want to look for a run back. Um, just struggling to find it at this point. Smith at 6K is interesting. He's been playing 30-plus minutes consistently. I think Jabari Smith might be my my favorite option. Um, like Shingun smashed in the last one. That held uh, Jabari's production down a little bit, I would say, and in even his minutes. Um I go back to Jabari before I went to Shingun. I think he also has power forward ability over just a straight center. So that's that's interesting. Um, nobody else really playing a ton of minutes. I, KJ Martin also. Um, he didn't see the minutes in the last game, but he did smash the game before that. I don't know. I think he's playable at 4,100. We'll see. Like their big man rotation has been a little bit crazy here. With Fernando missing, like they're they're not going to run Garuba out there a ton though. So, I think Jabari Smith and maybe a sprinkle of KJ Martin would be my way to play the Houston side here. The only thing that I'll point out as far as like KJ Martin, the game that he played thirty four minutes was the game that Singun missed um, the other night. So, just throwing that out there as far as KJ Martin, I just don't know like if he's the guy that I end up getting value from on a ten game slate with was eight teams on back to back. So. Jabari Smith would probably end up being my favorite play from Houston. Uh, the Denver side, I mean, no, like Michael Porter Jr. doubtful. Um, if he were to sit, you know, 
Bones Highland, if he were to sit too, then that's where I think like I'm all right, I'm starting to get a little interested in like Bruce Brown, um, maybe even like a KCP type of you know thing. Um, so what are your thoughts when it comes to the Denver side? Yeah, in the injuries are something to keep an eye on. MPJ being out would open up some usage for other guys like Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon. Um, so definitely keep an eye on that KCP, as you mentioned. I think my favorite play on the Denver side is Jamal Murray. Like when he's out there, we've we've seen him play over two minutes here consistently. This is a, an up up tempo game here with Houston. Um Anytime a team is being pushed in pace, I always like to target the guards. Houston also t- turns the ball over a ton, so Murray should be able to get a couple of steals here. Um, he's 7K. If he's going to play 32 minutes, I, I have a lot of interest in Murray. I think this is a fantastic matchup for him. Fair enough. Um, and Jokic, obviously. like the, the Yeah, Yo- I mean, been, Jokic. Yeah. It's just been hard for him to find a ceiling with MPJ in there and, and Murray as well. But he's still like one of the the elite fantasy producers in the game. He, it's not like he's twelve k. He's still eleven four. That's not ideal. But this matchup, he could absolutely smash too. So I think he'll be low owned just because he he hasn't found his very often here. But this is a a great spot where I could easily see him just crushing. I'm gonna really quickly um, take Michael Porter Jr. off the floor and put Jokic and Murray on the floor on court IQ. Um, I think that's going to look pretty good here. It's honestly, it doesn't really do anything for Jokic. It gives him more usage. He's not averaging more fantasy points per minute. I think anytime you see a usage bump for someone like Jokic, that's good. I think the fantasy points will follow eventually. Um, so, I mean, I think that is definitely a spot where he has a ceiling. It's just, we're going to have a ton of value today um, as well. So we'll have to see how it kind of plays out. But yeah, I, I do. Even though friends don't let friends play Jokic, I, I think this is a decent spot to, <laughs> to look at Jokic today. Chicago at Utah, 234.5 total in this game. Utah, a 2.5 point favorite. I was a little shocked by this game having a line. Um, I really didn't think that this game would have a line posted, but it does in a few different places. Uh, ball out Caruso questionable for Chicago Conley and gay out for Utah. But I think the biggest news, one of the biggest news pieces that we have on the entire slate, as far as non back-to-backs go is Lori marketing is questionable with a knee injury. Um, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, I mean, that could be a huge difference in this game. But let's start here with the Chicago Bulls. Um, I mean, Utah's a beatable defense for sure. Chicago will probably end up trying to push the pace in this game. Um, I mean, they both play top 15 in pace. What are your thoughts here on the Chicago Bulls? 
Yeah, the pace numbers in this game when I was looking really surprised me. Chicago was a team that played slow last year. They've been playing much faster this year. Utah is a completely different team, but we've traditionally thought of them as a defensive and slow team. They're kind of the complete opposite this year. This is actually a really exciting game. The The spread here was interesting to me as well. That kind of screams like Markinen is playing here, right? Or at least they're assuming Markinen is playing with Utah I mean, being favored. I would assume with that line, unless they just are that confident. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like if there's any indication that like Markinen might not play, I think you jump on Chicago plus two and a half. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, as far as the Chicago side goes and who I want to play, um, I have interest whether Markkinen is in or out in this game, just for, for the record. Um, I think Vooch is a, a smash play in the spot. 7,400. It's always tough to figure out Chicago's three stars when they're, when all three of them are playing. But Utah, like, Olenek is not an interior defender. Vooch can probably do whatever he wants in the post against him. Um, he's a guy that can stretch the floor a little bit as well. So I like Vooch a ton here at this price. Even DeRozan and, and Levine are slightly underpriced here, but I, I think Vooch would be my priority. Um, I do like DeRozan and Levine as well. Probably don't need to mess with value on Chicago much, depending on what else breaks on the slate. Um, Patrick Williams has been playing the minutes here, but hasn't shown a ton of ceiling. Um, if Caruso's out, that probably solidifies Dasunmu's minutes a little bit more. He should see into the 30s here, but neither of those guys are really ceiling plays. Um like super G deep GPP just because of Utah's lack of size. I think Drummond at 3,700 could pull down 10 rebounds. And if he scores 10 points and gets you the double-double bonus, maybe that's full. But that's completely dependent upon what other value we have. Um, but I like the three stars. Vooch would be my favorite. Yeah, I mean, my my only problem with like Vooch being on Chicago, we're not seeing – with everyone healthy, we're not seeing like – 20 to 25 shot attempt games like his his highest amount this season is 19 and he's only shot over 15 like shot attempts twice this year so and one of those was a 16 so i think the spot i'm with you the spot is fantastic it just doesn't seem like the chicago bulls vooch is going to get those like 20 to 25 shot attempts um even in a good matchup so while I agree with you 100%, I think the matchup is great. I think that maybe his ceiling just might not be that high on this team with everyone healthy. Um, and, I mean, that's okay. Like, I think Zach Levine at 7,200 is probably my favorite player from Chicago in this game. I think Chicago is going to push the pace. Utah is not a great defensive team. They have no problems playing this dude a ton of minutes, letting him get 20-plus shot attempts up a night. So I think if we're chasing a ceiling spot, it's Levine. I think the matchup, like you said, is fantastic for Vooch. It's just for me, the ceiling I, I still think is DeRozan and Levine. And Levine's cheaper than DeRozan. I think DeRozan, if you want someone that can put up 60 on Chicago, it's him. Um, so maybe you pay the extra $1,000 with all the value that we have and – I mean, that's the problem with Vooch, right? Like, DeRozan's shooting the ball 25 times a night. So, um, maybe DeRozan's the play. I like – I'm definitely going to be looking at, like, DeRozan's point prop today, and I'm interested to see what that comes in at. On the Utah side, I mean, this is all really dependent on Markkinen because if Markkinen sits in this game, 
Vanderbilt probably becomes one of the best value plays on the slate. Um, he would he would probably have to play 30-plus minutes. Horton Tucker at 3,800 probably moves into a 30-minute role as well. So, I mean, Markkinen really is going to determine a little bit of value. If Markkinen plays, I actually don't hate Markkinen in this spot. I think this is a spot at 8,100. If it's like if this knee thing is really not a thing, and the Vegas definitely thinks it's that way, um, I, I think he's interesting. Yeah, revenge game for Laurie Markkinen, right? Oh, like yeah. the Bulls, the Bulls drafted him. He couldn't figure it out there. Um, bounced around a little bit, and now he's settling in and looking like a, an actual like foundational piece here for Utah. So, if Markkinen plays, I have I have a ton of interest in him. Um, he's shown off a pretty, pretty decent ceiling here. He's been over 40 a bunch of times. He's even hit a 50 and a 60 point a couple of times. So marketing has big ceiling. Love this spot against Chicago. You mentioned the, the up-tempo pace of the game here. So I love marketing at 8,100 if he's in there. Um, if he's not, then you start looking at some of the value. Um, Clarkson is really priced up now so that that one's tough for me um like we he was a smash when he was in the, the low 6ks now he's 7500 even with a good matchup that's a tough price um sexton at 5500 is interesting to me i know the the minutes have been really inconsistent we have seen him over 30 in two of the last three though um without conley so i, I like sexton at, th- at 5500 um Horton Tucker at, at 3,800 I think is a great call you could see him get a little bit of extra run without marking in the other guy who's uncomfortably priced but I will probably play a little bit of is Malik Beasley if he gets hot from three we've seen this guy put up huge scores um 700 is not a price I want to play for a, a shooter but this matchup against Chicago the, the game environment I think he could pay that off um definitely tournament only very volatile situation, but I would take some shots on on a low on Beasley at, even at fifty seven hundred. Also, like Beasley could benefit from Chicago trying to push the pace in this game as well. So, all right, Phoenix at Sacramento two twenty six and a half total here. Sacramento a one point favorite. Crowder, Cam Johnson, CP three outs. Uh, Sacramento good to go. This game is kind of juicy. Um, yeah. these last two games are kind of juicy. We're going to talk about the Lakers game, but looking at like the Phoenix side of this game, you know, no Paul, no Cam Johnson. I mean, Aiton is 7,700 against Sacramento. I mean, that price seems really, really good, especially but like how he's been playing. Like he's going to need to play 35 minutes in this game with Sabonis on the other side. Like I kind of like him. I think Cameron Payne's price is probably too high. Um, I, I think if I'm looking for upside, it's probably Booker. Um, Booker and Aiden. Like, I think I want to pay up for my Phoenix exposure in this game. And, I mean, we've talked about so much value throughout this podcast that I don't think it would be that hard to pay up for um, the Suns here. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Sacramento plays at an extremely fast pace, six in the NBA. Um, they, they're really bad on the defensive end, bottom six, I believe in the NBA. Yeah. 25th in defensive rating. So Sacramento is an absolutely elite matchup. We have Chris Paul out again. So that, that leaves these Phoenix guys appropriately priced for an average matchup, but this isn't, this is not an average matchup. This is, this is a great spot for them. Booker is an absolutely elite play. I like the eight and call as well. He's been inconsistent at times, but 
we've seen the last two games. He has a huge ceiling when when he's on. Um, the rebounding has been inconsistent, but over the last like four or five games, he has put up big rebounding numbers. A great rebounding spot here against the bonus in Sacramento. Um, so I, lo- I like I like Aiton a lot at seventy seven hundred. Uh, Bridges has shown off a ceiling. Probably don't get there at seven seven thousand salary. Like that's just a little bit too rich. Um, good matchup. He could hit it, but probably not going to go there. Payne is interesting at 6,900, but again, just kind of appropriately priced. So I completely agree with you. It's it's Booker and, and Aiton that are the two that I want to get the most exposure here on Phoenix. And it's, it's like an elite spot on the slate. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those spots where Phoenix is super interesting. Um, the matchup is, is, I mean, this whole game environment seems really good. We've had some yeah. like iffy game environments that we've talked about on like the podcast today. And this one is just like kind of super solid. Yeah. So. A, a note too, without Chris Paul, Phoenix has been struggling on the defensive end a little bit. I looked up the numbers before we jumped on. I believe they were 20th in defensive rating over the last eight or nine games without Chris Paul, whatever it is without Chris Paul, they were, they were like 20th where, we usually think of Phoenix as like a top 10 defensive team. They have not been that without Chris Paul. Obviously, Bridge is really good, but campaign is is not, nowhere near the defender that Chris Paul is. Sacramento side of this game, Fox and Sabonis, they're kind of priced up. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Kings? Yeah, really priced up. It's, it's tough pricing, um, but we just talked about the, how much we like the Phoenix side. We definitely want to run them back with some Sacramento. I think Fox is the volatile tournament play. Sabonis would be the the safer option. Um, Like Sabonis is pretty much going to get you in that that, like 35 to 45 range where Fox can access that 50, 60 way more often. So De'Aaron Fox would be my my preferred spend up here. On, On Sacramento, obviously, if you're playing Booker and Fox together, that gets really pricey. You're allocating a ton of salary to this game. But it, it is, to me, the best game environment of the slate. I, I said I mentioned that I like the, the Oklahoma City-New Orleans game also, but this is this is the premier game. Um, so if I'm going to spend that much salary on a game, this would be the one. Um, there are some interesting cheap options on Sacramento as well. Herter has shown off a ceiling when he's shooting it well. Harry Barnes is really inconsistent, but he can get there. Malik Monk, I think, might be the most interesting to me uh, minutes have been all over the place. If you can see 25, 26 minutes, I think he has access to a pretty big ceiling as well. 4,800 is a fair price tag for this type of game environment. Um, so give me Fox as the elite play. I'll take Malik Monk as, as the value play. Yeah. I mean, it takes up a lot of salary for sure, but I mean, this game is, is kind of juicy and we have a ton of value that we've already talked about, but I have to disagree though. The best game environment is this next one. We got the Pacers and the Lakers. 10.30. Not standalone, but hey, it's like a 30-minute standalone. Pacers on the second end of a back-to-back. The Lakers are a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this 234.5. Beverly's out. Anthony Davis is questionable. LeBron is probable. Here we go again. Um, I mean... Listen, we have two of the top five fastest-paced teams in the NBA. Both of these teams played an incredibly fast pace. It's the second end of a back-to-back for the Pacers. Like, 
This game is going to be fast. 234 and a half might not be enough. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Pacers? Yeah, I mean, the the problem I have with the game environment, and I don't disagree, it's going to be a fast-paced game, and, it's, and it is a really good game environment, but the Lakers have played outstanding defense, and I don't view Indiana as like an elite offensive team that can overcome that. The exception is Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, he has been absolutely incredible. 9,400, I think, absolutely in play. We've seen him access a big ceiling often this season. So I, I do like Halliburton here. I just, I don't know how, <laughs> it's weird to say as, as bad as the Lakers have been, I don't, this Indiana team is tough to figure out for me in this matchup because of how good the Lakers have been on the defensive end. Miles Turner is priced up. Buddy Heald is somebody I don't often like to play. Um, obviously, if he's shooting it well, he is more than in play at 6,400. Um, but he needs a bunch of threes to hit that price tag. Um, can certainly happen, though. I think Matherin off the bench at 5,800 is very interesting. Um, the, the Lakers second unit with Russ leading that is not as strong defensively. So I think Matherin is where I would attack the, the Lakers from in this game. Um, Halliburton and Matherin, I think, are my two favorite indie guys. If if Davis is in there, I don't have a ton of interest in the bigs with Turner being priced up. And then their rotation at the with the other guys has been hit or miss, like Jalen Smith, Isaiah Jackson types. I don't know that I want to play them here if Anthony Davis is in. Someone in YouTube chat, did Aaron Rodgers get hurt? I just saw that love through a touchdown to Watson. Just curious. Oh, wow. Um, the Lakers side of this game, if Anthony Davis sits, LeBron is the best play on the slate, hands down. Um, like, don't even think twice about it if AD sits. Um, I think LeBron is a fantastic play, even if Anthony Davis plays. Um, I think if Anthony Davis plays Westbrook at 76, I'm out. Um, I think even if Anthony Davis sits, I'm out. Like, Dennis Schroeder is healthy, and they want him to play minutes, it seems like. So I don't think Russell Westbrook is the answer. I think Dennis Schroeder at 4,500 in a fast-paced game like this, getting 30 minutes, he's one of the best value plays on the slate. Um, not really going to be affected by Anthony Davis or, or no Anthony Davis. So I really like this spot um, for Dennis Schroeder at 4,500. Lakers in general, I mean, I like this spot for the Lakers a lot. I love the Schroeder call. Uh, you're absolutely right. He has been playing uh, big minutes here. I think he's going to continue to do that. Um, they're they're still in search of kind of that third piece with the starting unit um, with Westbrook moving to the bench. He could absolutely fill that role for them. So love that call. Um, Anthony Davis has smashed without LeBron. It's hard to play him if LeBron is, is back though. So I kind of agree. Like, I don't know if I want to pay up for either of these guys if they're both in. Um, Davis out. You play LeBron, obviously. Westbrook's price has kind of adjusted to a point where I don't love him as much either. So that's why that's another thing that's tough is the Lakers side. Outside of Schroeder, I don't love a ton. If Davis is out, then it becomes a different story. Thomas Bryant would be a smash at 3,900. I think you could even look at guys like Wenyan Gabriel at 3,300, Troy Brown Jr. at 3,500. But I kind of need Davis out to be able to play those guys. Um, if Davis and, and LeBron are both in, it's 
throater for for me on this side. Maybe a, a sprinkle of of LeBron and Davis, but their pricing with with both of them active is is enough. Oh yeah, I mean the pricing is the pricing is up there, and it kind of stinks, but such a such a juicy spot for LeBron if Anthony Davis like. I mean, tournament wise, like if if AD plays, I mean Anthony Davis or or and LeBron, <laughs> like I don't know this game. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like like overthinking how good this game is. But I mean, this game screams just up and well, down, th- ton of pace. I think you have to play Halliburton in that that game stack, though, right? Yeah. So I then mean, you you. Like to play LeBron, you, there's no way you can play LeBron and AD with him. So you'd you'd have to 3, choose between. We we can make that happen. Who's 3,800? You get 3,800 per player. That there's plenty. Of oh, guys. <laughs> yeah. Stars and scrubs. I said it at the beginning of the show. Maybe it's the stars and scrubs slate. There you go. Hey, lots of teams on back to backs. You never know what might open up. I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. I, <laughs> I could see playing like one of AD and LeBron and and like a Halliburton um, type yeah. of play. But I just, all joking aside, I don't see how you are going to play all three of them together um, without without giving up way too much um, at the end of the day. So, all right, that's it. Let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here. Favorite play using DraftKings scoring. Favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who do you got today? I'm going to go Devontae Graham. 3,600. Great matchup against OKC. Take him a guy. <laughs> yeah, no, no CJ McCollum. Alvarado has not played over 30 minutes all season long. So Graham should get his like 26 to 28 minute run. Um, great spot for him. I knew you were going to say that. Um, I always write down two on this question just because of that, but I'm going to go Dennis Schroeder. I think that I love that one too. Yep. He doesn't really, it doesn't really matter if Anthony Davis plays or not for Schroeder for me. I think that he is kind of earning this role. And if he can get this role of playing 30 minutes a night in this, especially in this matchup, it's going to be fantastic. So I'll go Schroeder over 8K to go under 5X. Who is your bust today? I'm going to go Durant here. Um, Simmons playing really well. Kyrie back. Blowout risk against that Orlando. Um, I won't have any Durant, so I'll take him as the bust. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of been my default answer here uh, the last week or so. Um, I don't know. Everything Everything tells me to go DeJounte Murray here. I know he can like have those ceiling games, but I'm going to go DeJounte Murray at 8,900 in this spot. Favorite uh, 6X play today? It's Zion for me. This is a, an absolute smash spot for Zion. He's too cheap. Uh, give me 32 minutes at least, and, and he's going to crush that 7,900 price tag. I like that one. Um, I like that a lot. I, I think he is someone that is just – he's underpriced today. Um I think you could really take advantage of it. The more I, the more I think about this spot, the more I like this guy. Like I didn't come on the podcast thinking like I was going to fall in love with this guy today, but I'm going to go DeMar DeRozan for six X today. Like I don't ever tend to play DeMar DeRozan, but like he's taken on this role of like, I'm going to put up 25 shots a night. And like, if this continues, he has big ceiling at 8,200 in a matchup against Utah. So 
again, our mind tells us like Utah is a good defensive team that plays slow and they just aren't that team anymore. Um, so you have to get that out of your head um, and adjust to that because I mean, like, I don't know if you've been playing DFS for a while, like Utah for like what the last four five, six seasons, they've been a slow paced, good defensive team and they are the exact opposite this year. So uh, let's get weird GPP play of the day. I'm going Malik Beasley. He's overpriced, uh, but I that you just talked about the game environment. Chicago has been playing much faster this year. Utah's a completely different team that's playing fast this year. Um, so good game environment. He's overpriced, but we've seen him get hot from from three and put up a big score before. I don't think he's going to be very owned because of that price tag. Give me some Malik Beasley. I like it. I am going back to. One of the early games kind of that we talked about, and I just think that there's a road for this guy to get minutes at very low ownership tonight. Give me Moritz Wagner. Um, Wagner, Wagner, Wagner for the Orlando Magic. Um, I mean, I, I just, with all these guys banged up right now, him being out for a little while, I just think that we see him play and do okay in this spot. So he's going to be low-owned. And he is extremely risky, but I think he's one of the guys that can go like seven X on the slate. So he's my let's get weird GPP play of the day. Um, no sleeper picks today. They don't really have anything up. I just checked again with all the back-to-backs. We tend to see these like fantasy prop sites wait. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to pass on sleeper for the morning grind game for today. They actually put up a couple things, but nothing that I can get like, Uberly excited about yet. Um, like DeRozan's points are up. So 27 and a half points for DeRozan. I don't hate that. Um, and I kind of like, all right, maybe I do give a, a two for hold on one second. I just, is there Rip. any bets that you like why I look this up? <laughs> um, so I, I like the, the spread and the over under in the, the Phoenix Sacramento game was the one that stood out to me. The total came in at 226 and a half when I looked at it. That seems a little bit low for this game environment. We talked about how how fast and how bad defensively Sacramento has been. Phoenix has struggled without Paul on the defensive end. 226 and a half seems a little bit low. So I like the over there. And then Phoenix is an underdog. I know Sacramento has been playing a lot better this season, uh, but Phoenix is still a lot better team in my opinion. So Phoenix plus one. I, I like both of those in the, in that particular game. All right, before I give out my sleeper two for pick um, for the morning grind game, I'm going to go Chicago plus two and a half. Like, I'm going to jump on this now. Um, if Markinen doesn't play, I think it's even better. I think that this game, like, I know Chicago's on the road, but I think Chicago wins this game. Um, I mean, I don't even hate Chicago money line, depending on, like, what, what you're looking at juice-wise for, like, plus two and a half compared to money line. I don't have it up in front of me, so... Uh, my two for pick on sleeper. If you haven't checked them out, use promo code grinders. Um, I'm going to post this right now. If you've used promo code grinders, you'll you're in the squad already. You'll see this, um, but I'm going to go DeMar DeRozan over 27 and a half points and Deandre Ayton over 17 and a half points. Um, so didn't plan on doing a sleeper pick, but those are two of my favorite plays on the slate. Um, so I'm going to jump on those points now. Uh, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? 
those both sound really good. Um, I don't have anything else. I, it, depending on, I hope there isn't a ton of injury news outside of what we discussed because as we talk through this, I think we're both on similar pages for this slate, and I feel like we have a pretty good handle on it. Hopefully, it plays out this way, and it should be a really fun one. If we get a ton I mean, of injury news that changes everything, then you never know. <laughs> eight teams on back to backs. As much as I want to be like optimistic about it. I am going to wait to do any of my premium work until like 1.30 tomorrow when we get that report um, from all these teams on back-to-backs because the slate could be really different. Or, I mean, listen, I don't think really a lot changes on the Lakers game, on the Chicago game, on the Sacramento game, on the New Orleans game. Like some of the games that we really liked, I don't think much is going to change on those games. Um, Obviously, if Anthony Davis is out, obviously if marketing's out, but – juicy juicy slate um initially didn't love the slate like the slate a lot more after going through it so hopefully you enjoyed we'll be back tomorrow talking some more hoops have a great monday and we'll see you guys again tomorrow